think CEOs need to go back to school and take some economics courses to understand how the economy works. When the tide goes out, that's when you know who's swimming naked. And now all these naked CEOs are like, oh, shoot, I actually don't know how to run a company when times are bad. That's what this is proving. Profits have hit a record high and you've all worked overtime to make it happen. So it's time to be rewarded with a corporate pizza party. The podcast taking you inside the highs and lows of corporate America. Hosted by Dan Space, Farah Shargi, and Mike Petito. We couldn't afford bonuses this year, but sit back and enjoy the next best thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corporate Pizza Party, our new podcast taking you inside the highs and lows of corporate America. I want to kick this interview off very quickly and introduce you to my co-host. So, Dan, tell us about yourself. Hello, and welcome to Corporate Pizza Party. I'm Daniel. I'm an HR business partner, and I am downing sweet peach iced teas. Delicious. Um, Farah, <laughs> our other co-host, tell us about yourself. Um, well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Farah Shargi. I am a leader in talent acquisition, specifically in technical recruiting. I live in San Francisco. Uh, I've recruited at a couple companies you may have heard at Google, Lyft, Uber, TikTok, and the New York Times. And I absolutely love donuts and pizza, but donuts have my heart. Donuts and pizza. I've never heard of any of those companies. Hopefully, some of our followers have. Dan, have you ever heard of any of those companies? Not one. What was that yeah. like the 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 items the items and why time I don't, I don't, yeah yeah God Sarah, you're gonna need to work on that resume to make it a little <laughs> bit more impressive for us. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Good, please do. Um, please make a resume more like mine, which is full of companies nobody's ever heard of, and I am just here to ride these two's much more famous coattails uh, and to give you a tremendous podcast where we would take on topics such as today's of CEOs behaving badly. So. Dan, I want you to kick us off as the HRP of his global companies, and it's time to meet the executive team. Dan is going to tell us about his favorite CEO behaving badly this week. So what I find so funny is that in preparation for this episode, I had like five or six different stories that I was looking through, like, oh, I wonder, should I use this one? Should I use this one? Should I use this one? And then it literally fell into my lap, thanks to Amy <laughs> Miller and yourself, actually. And this is the CEO from Grow Sciences. I want to give him one modicum of credit where I can put myself in his shoes. He's a small CEO of a tiny company, I think in Arizona. He's been his CEO for like six or seven years. It's like 23 people growing all sorts of fun things. And he posted on LinkedIn, am I insensitive to the world if I think people should pay a small fee, $20 baby, to apply for a job as a means to prevent an overwhelming quantity of underqualified or mismatched admissions? Some additional context via an edit. He made like three edits. <laughs> the more edits, the better it is, of course. <laughs> this is a thought exercise, not a practice or a consideration. The fee will guarantee an in-person interview, but not the job. The fee could be $1. This is not means for generating income for the company. Final edit and now closing comments. So those who took a moment to contemplate the question and answer productively and professionally, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about that one. I, I so... really love the idea. Just that, like, you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> and then call it a thought exercise. Just like the first, like the edit. Just like this was a thought exercise, and all of you who gave your thoughts against mine are idiots. You don't get jokes. I think I said to him, you know, it's, it would be akin to like lowering the minimum age to five years old and sending kids into the mines and then clutching your pearls. And people <laughs> said that might be child abuse. <laughs> it's just a thought exercise. 
Dan, could you imagine as an HR business partner, somebody comes up to you and complains that like, oh, this person groped me. And the person who did the groping comes to you and said, it was just a thought exercise. (laughs) I just wanted to see what would happen. I wasn't going to grope, but then I had to, to actually just see what would happen. So that the groping could occur, right? Yeah. So like I said, like, you know, if I can be my most empathetic, it would be, so if you, if you look at the gentleman's profile, uh, he sells cannabis. Um, and so I was like, okay, was this just a bad night? Like, did we, did we go off into Astral World and come up with some weird ass things? Because the, the one small part that I kind of could give him a little tiny bit of credit for is the idea of talking about radical ideas. But the when you bring up a radical idea, you have to consider it in the perspective of, of your prestige or power the, the and, and essentially what's happening right now if you're going to come on with the title of ceo on linkedin and say that your candidate should be paying you to apply for a job you have got to be ready for the vitriol that's going to happen yeah i my favorite thing i saw this post early i was one of the the few people in at the beginning and i was just like i need to get in before i think you mentioned amy miller before amy miller and all these other huge people are going to show up and make a comment and just bring everybody angry to the comments i wanted to get in and be funny first and like one of my first comments as a person was just like this is a joke post right this is your moment to tell me this is a joke post because i've been there i've made joke posts on linkedin that people didn't get and i don't want to look stupid coming in here getting mad at this joke post, like when I accidentally made every mom on LinkedIn mad with a joke post. And <laughs> he didn't respond. I was just like, okay, this is a real post. And now all comments are fair game. Yep. Well, what I find hilarious, because I responded to him and basically outlined the law and said, you know, it, in most states, it's actually illegal for job seekers to pay an application fee. Let me explain the Arizona law to you. And so I told him, for every violation of this law, by the way, here's the link, you have to pay $5,000. So, and it just like blows my mind that he went from like, check out my genius idea to like, this is a thought exercise after like three edits, you know? (laughs) I wonder like, at what point do you not realize like, oh, this was bad. I probably should just take this down. You know, and just continue, like after everything that I've seen from CEOs over the last few years, I consistently reinforces this idea that we have to, they have to pay before they become a CEO. Like they need a one year training course. We, you know, we make people do that before they can drive a car, own a gun. Maybe let's do it for CEOs. Before you can ruin the lives of people with your silly decisions, maybe you have to take a train. Yeah. There was a comment on there that just like, you have you seen the glass door ratings for your company? Uh, I haven't gone and looked them up. I don't know. I didn't care enough. Uh, once like once the comments get going, I'm like, well, I'm not here just to continue kicking this person on the ground. Uh, I will move along. But do your people hate you? Do your employees hate you? Because the internet's saying they do. And in one quick moment, you've shown us why. And there's such a, what I find so funny is like, you're allowed to make mistakes on the internet. Like you're allowed to say, okay, guys, that, that one was a bad one. Let me take this one down. Thank you, everyone. And like, come back later with a better one. But he actually responded to my post and I'm like, why are you doing this? You're going to make this so much worse. And he had said something like, I can guarantee that your idea for a CEO course is better. It was just a thought exercise. And I was like, can you please leave the comment for tomorrow? We are at the dumb comment from CEO today. But then someone on my TikTok actually gave a much better one where he said, yeah, I should have told him, don't worry, it's just a thought exercise. <laughs> yeah. It's the new excuse, CEO thought exercises or everything they do. And sure, it's affecting the lives of everyone who works for them and putting it out on the internet to show everyone what the person running this company thinks. But it's a thought exercise. It's fine. Well, well somebody 
somebody commented on the response that I made and I thought it was so brilliant. He was like, this is an excellent idea for a scam. Post a $30,000 vacancy, accept payments for it, make millions, and then like ghost. <laughs> that was awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but that probably is the CEO's thought process. It's like, I've, I've seen so many CEOs scam businesses and quote unquote disrupt stuff. And all they're doing is literally breaking the law and they know it, but they know that the fine that they pay for breaking the law will pale in comparison to the amount of profit that they're actually going to make. It's horrible. So let me ask both of you a question because over the last few years, we've seen a rise of CEOs on social media, I think trying to connect better with their people. We have CEOs now posting after layoffs saying how hard it was. We had the crying CEO. We had the CEO that I think that even last year, he talked about how difficult it was. And I think I, I think the gentleman and I had a, a small exchange where I said, it does not matter how hard it is for you. This is not where you post. Like, so that's my personal opinion. But what do you guys think about this? Like, are you seeing the rise of it? Do you think that CEOs should post on LinkedIn saying, oh, I'm so, it was so hard for my layoff. Like, I, the, the one thing you maybe could do is say, hey, here's a list of everyone that was laid off and here's what they're really good at. Can you help find them, find them jobs? I think CEOs need to go back to school and take some economics courses to understand how the economy works when interest rates go up. Because they've, we've been in such hyper growth phase for so long since 2008. In 2008, when everything went to heck in a handbasket, interest rates dropped like a lead pipe, right? It was to like next to nothing. And so there was all this free flowing capital and it was all about growth. VCs were just like throwing out money like it's candy and CEOs just went, great, let's like buy Slurpee machines for the office as long as employees are happy. So it like inflated employee salaries the perks went through the roof. And then all of a sudden, when the Fed said, mm, no more, got to rein that in, interest rates started to rise, the money supply started to go down. Now CEOs are like, you know, when the tide goes out, that's when you know who's swimming naked. And now all these naked CEOs are like, oh, shoot, I actually don't know how to run a company when times are bad. That's yep. what this is proving. I would have to agree. Yeah. And there's, there's essentially two types of villain CEOs who have risen over the years as, as we enter our dark times and these villain CEOs show up, there are the proud to be a villain CEOs, right? There are the ones who are just like mega conglomerate billionaires who are happy to show up on the internet and just say like, Hey, you know, what would fix everything if unemployment didn't exist and we didn't have to pay our employees a livable wage, then everyone would just come back into the office and everything would be great. And this sounds like a joke, but CEOs say these things, but then there's this version or the crying CEO who are the like, young, I started a company and I can't handle people not liking me. So the more I dig in, the more I can sort of fix this. And I think it's a very young person idea. It's a very kind of pick me idea, right? And that's where the crying CEO came from. That's where this CEO continuing to sort of dig in and try and fix it with thought exercise comes in. This idea of just like, hey, don't be mad at me. Don't dislike me. I'm, I'm here I'm to person, help everyone. Yeah. Right? So what would your response be to, so I know like the crying CEO got a lot of flack and he, you know, to his credit, he refused to back down and he just kept double and tripling, quadrupling down that, you know, he was just trying to be himself. So when he responded and said that this was his attempt to be sincere, that he wanted to let people know that he cared, that he had every right to express his opinions, what would you say to that? I mean, you have your right, but also <laughs> everyone has a right to say what they want. Right. When you hold such an important position at a company, you really need to understand yourself and what your own limitations are. And so this person needs is having a, you know, like, like, oh, let me polish the mirror for you. Ha ha, polish. Now go stare at yourself moment, which is where the tears were really crying from is, is it's coming from is because 
they probably realize I actually don't have the skills to be able to run this business effectively. So he needs to eat a slice of humble pie and say, okay, you know what? Maybe it's best if I, t- if I step back from this position, put someone else in place who is better and uh, well-equipped to actually run this business. But I, I mean, to- I get the empathy part, but still, it's like you still impacted all these people's lives. Like now, what are you going to do? You're going to stay in the same position? How are you actually going to fix it? It, you know, I, and I, I agree. And I think that that sort of thing is a really important thing to consider. I remember when I had this conversation with a few colleagues of mine, one person actually brought up a pretty good metaphor. She said, it's like discovering that your partner is cheating. And so you leave them. And now that partner still might be hurt because you left them and they might co- go on social media saying, you know, so-and-so broke up with me because I cheated on them and now I'm hurt. Like that hurt is still real, but that hurt pales in comparison against what it was that you did. Like that is where the focus is. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, it's just we live in this world where everyone, no matter what level they are in in life, everyone needs to just constantly have something to say. And everyone needs to sort of like be liked and dig in and try and fix things. And it doesn't work, especially when you just like control so many people's lives and their livelihoods, right? You're just like, it's not about you. I don't care how sad it makes you that you have to do it. Like you even said, Dan, like, you could have posted, here are the 20 people I let go. Here are their skill sets. Here's what makes them great. If you would like their contact info, reach out to me and I'm happy to connect you. But you didn't. You just cried and posted a picture of you crying, which isn't live time. We know it's staged because this wasn't a live stream watching you cry. Like You took and posted the picture to make it about you. And it's just constantly what these CEO stories always come down to. Well, and also, like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, oh, did you forego your bonus to be able to keep people on the payroll for a period of time? Dan, you, you're you an HR business partner. Can CEOs do that? I mean, I don't know if they, they, they can. can, but they can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's, we've all you know, been through it. We've all been laid off multiple times. And you, and it's not to say every CEO that's ever done a layoff is a bad person, but we've seen them handled well. And we've seen people who take to the internet to be like, please don't be mad at me for this thing that I did to everybody. Like when I was laid off from Uber and it was during the pandemic, I thought they handled it really well, especially considering it was a pandemic. Nobody was taking rides. I mean, just the money just dropped. It was not the CEO's fault. And I think Dara, who's the CEO and his team actually really did an excellent job. They gave us outplacement services, months of severance, even supplemental severance to cover COBRA benefits for six months. I mean, the amount of like giving that they gave, like they really did go above and beyond. So I think if a CEO ends up doing that, like forego your bonus, offer your people outplacement services. That's what people need. They need to get another job. Help them. Did they post a picture of themselves crying? Though? No. <laughs> hmm. I still have a lot of respect for Dara. So no, I, I think he has a lot of respect for himself. I don't think he'd do that. Yeah. And one even last CEO story that came up, it just like this all made me think about it. Um, I, I went off on, on TikTok about this. The CEO of MongoDB recorded an interview where essentially said he considers anyone who didn't make it two years at a company to have failed. Anyone who's been a company less than two years failed, and you have to work hard to convince him otherwise. And I thought it was amazing because our of our mutual friends, Morgan, somebody else who's in this space, pulled up that the company's average tenure was 1.8 years. <laughs> uh, <they're... laughs> actually, actually, I actually interviewed with them a long time ago. 
they just it's just amazing to like come out and say it right just like say not as i do yeah i pulled up his career history and he had like three or four jobs that he was at for under two years as well actually Hot calling the kettle black much, maybe. Maybe yeah. there was like a little subconscious thing going on there. And he thought, oh, I'm going to be a thought leader now. Like CEOs trying to be <laughs> thought leaders is just like hilarity. Like just like it's like it just keeps compounding, right? The the hilarity keeps ensuing and I'm here for it because it's like, please dig yourself into a deeper hole. Yeah, they talk. We, let's stop bringing them on podcasts. Stop giving them TikTok accounts. Stop just putting a microphone in front of their faces when we know what they're going to say. Seriously. Okay, so CEOs will always continue to behave bad. I think it's safe to assume. I hope I hope that in future episodes, there are more CEOs who have managed to come out and find more things for us to say about them. I would, I would trust that that will happen. Oh, that's always a guarantee, my friend. Just like death and taxes. <laughs> CEOs behaving badly, always a guarantee. Yes. Now, let's take it down a level with a classic interview question for you, Farah. Farah, can you tell me about a time? Can you tell me about a time that you watched a manager lose the full respect of their entire team? I can. I'm going to have to be very careful how I word this because I don't want to out people or, or where this happened. So um, name them, give us their address, their phone number, <laughs> give it to us all. So I was in a meeting with the entire US recruiting team that was available. And the head of the department came to all of us with all these exciting updates and news. Oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And so this was several years ago. And I'm not going to say when because then you'll reverse engineer it. But it was several years ago. And she, the leader, mentioned, Oh, like, we're going to incorporate AI into our like recruiting technologies. So as soon as I hear this, because I'm a former engineer, well, I mean, technically still am, but whatever. But as a former engineer, my ears perked up and I was like, excuse me, excuse me. Like as a recruiter, take AI out of my personal process. Like I don't want you anywhere in my business. So she's, so she's, she talks about it. And then I also remember that Amazon made this attempt back in 2012, I believe. What happened was a Amazon said, Hey, let's try to filter candidates using AI and see what happens. And in software development, junk input equals junk output. So if you put garbage in, you get garbage out, right? And that's exactly what happened. So what they did was they trained the algorithms on, these are the people that we've already hired at Amazon. So what did the tool do? It picked only candidates who were white, male, or like Asian males to like be like the optimal candidates. And so Amazon scrapped the project, right? So back to the meeting. I raise my hand. And in front of everybody, I bring this up. I said, listen, back in 2012, Amazon did this, yada, yada. I explained the whole story. The leader out of left field starts to backtrack. I didn't realize that was her project. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I don't know, like, this person's entire background. So by the time this happens, well, you know, there were some complications here, and then there were some issues there. And I'm like, what is going on? Why is she, like, having almost like a panic attack? And this happened in front of everybody. So, you know, egg on my face. But that, yeah, that was also my fault that the manager <laughs> lost respect for the team. So I brought her down. But unknowingly, oops, sorry. Oops. Yeah, oops. I, but, I, 
I asked the time that a manager lost will respect. You're like, well, here's where I took it away from them. Here's what I did <laughs> to ruin them and their time at this company. <laughs> I, I've done it so many times in my career, Mike. It's like, no wonder I bounced around. It's like, you know. <laughs> Why do I get laid off when everywhere I go, I find the manager's history, I look them up, I find every mistake they've ever made, I I get a whole team together, and I tell them about them. See, I'd make the perfect CEO, Mike. I'm just that much of a sociopath that I do that. What what can I say? Yeah, post a crime picture yourself on the internet. Today, I ruined my manager's life. I (laughs) called out a giant mistake that they made and in front of my whole team, and I want you all to know that I don't deserve you to be mad at me. Can you imagine that poor woman? like? Back back in the Amazon days, she was probably like, "Oh, this is such a great idea!" Da da da. da. And so, and then it fails. Then she tries it again because she thinks it's that great of an idea. And here I am, this like little recruiter in the back, going, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of like Life of Brian. You guys have seen the Monty Python movie Life of Brian, yeah. where there's a scene and there's a huge crowd, and everybody in the crowd says, "I am an individual," and then one person says, "I'm not." <laughs> I'm that person. That's you. I'm like, what, no. what? So what happened? Nothing other than like the, <laughs> the meeting wrapped up, and I was like, and I was like, oh, what did I just do? Like, am I going to get in trouble? But uh, no, I didn't get in trouble. But it did create a lot of conversations. So, but eventually it died out and died down. But that that AI project never came to fruition. No, it's not coming to fruition anywhere, despite what everybody says. Mm-hmm. The, I never even heard the story about Amazon and that happening, right? But we we know that this will happen when we just let an algorithm decide, here's what's always worked in the past, because guess who's always benefited in the past? When I was at a company, researchers at Stanford reached out to me because that's exactly what they wanted to do. They're like, we want to create an AI bot to help with recruiting. So I had a conversation with them. And they told me what they wanted to do. And I, and they wanted to create a chat bot for the, to replace recruiter phone screens. And I said, absolutely not. That is a terrible idea. And he asked, well, why? And I said, as a recruiter, I ask very specific questions in a very specific way because I need to hear a candidate's tone of voice. I need to understand their motivator, their driver. Why are we having a conversation? Do they really want this job? Or are they just using this job to get a raise at their current job, right? Those are skills that recruiters hone over the years. And that's why, you know, we we get promoted because we we're, we get better at this over time. You can't replace a recruiter with a chap, an AI chatbot to do that part of the process. All You'll my actually, TikTok comments say that you can. It's <laughs> from non-recruiters. Yeah. Please otherwise. Yeah. They say I'm a useless middleman and a robot is going to replace me soon. Peaked in high school. So will never happen. That part's so, true. Oh, man. No, could you imagine if robots took over the entire hiring process at a company? They, that company would just die. There's companies doing it. I mean, we've all been on a job search in recent amount of times. And I, I, I documented most of my job search. And I was getting things or I would apply to a company. And I had a job interview through like texting where it was just, hey, I'm your automated recruiting assistant. Are you interested in this location, A, B, or C? Are you looking for this salary range? And it was doing the box checking through text messages. And it like had zero room to wiggle because I started being an asshole back to it, obviously. 
And I was just like, well, you have my resume. You know the info. And like it asked for my phone number. I was like, the number you're texting me at. And it was like, please give me your phone number. I was like, this is it. You're texting me. As if a human was ever going to read that. And I was just having fun. But it is happening. This is like Dante's Inferno and like the 14th Canto of Hell. Like, can you <laughs> imagine? <laughs> yeah. The uh, Who else is bad at it? Uh, Jabot. Is that how you say their name? Anyone in the recruiting world or knows Jabot, right? Because I think they're just an agency. But yeah. they're always hiring. <laughs> and they post constantly lead recruiter, senior recruiter, this. And I've seen people who work there and say it's a very good thing. So I don't think I'm here to totally shit on the company Jabot. Uh, but I'm going to shit on it a little bit. And in a desperate moment in my job search earlier in the year, I sent an application and immediately was taken to this website where it was just like an AI interview asking me questions. I I closed it in the middle. I was like, this is awful. Like, there's just no way. No wonder they keep hiring. Yeah, it's interesting how those companies are always hiring. Yeah, no, I've seen them. I just I just don't see if companies would just train their employees, they could get more output and better output from their employees, as opposed to having to rely on crappy tools that just frustrate you. It's like when you have to call the cable company or like your cell phone provider, it's like press one for English, you know, press two for Spanish. And then like, by the time you think you're going to talk to a person, oh no, guess what? You're put in through another loop. And so then you Mm -hmm. have to do another thing and another. And it's like, it just never ends. And if you're a job seeker, do you want to spend 15 minutes? And then at the end, they're like, great, thanks. We'll reach out to you if we're interested. Yeah, these 15 minute screens are the worst and AI screens are the worst. And I get these reach outs. I have CEOs, let's combine everything we've talked about. I have these CEOs who have never worked in recruiting, obviously. All these people are inventing systems to fix recruiting. They've never done it. Reaching out to me like, hey, I have a new... AI interviewing system that'll help rate candidates and do the interview for you. And I was like, you know, candidates are going to hate this, right? And it's going to bring you the worst candidates. And no company that takes your software is going to do well. Do you know this? They didn't respond to me, but that was my response. But did they they respond? Do they view you as a subject matter expert or take your opinion seriously? They wanted me. Yeah, because they reached out to me essentially like, are you interested? They reached out to me thinking they could sell the software for me to use in my own recruiting. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Well, here's the thing that they don't think about. Let's look at it from the other side of the, of the coin. What about from the hiring team's perspective, from a hiring manager's perspective, from an interviewer's perspective? Like my big issue as a recruiter is pulling out from the hiring manager, what I need in order to make an effective hire. That's always the issue, right? Some of them don't know how to articulate it correctly. Some of them have like, Mm -hmm such high expectations. They want the purple unicorn that like farts rainbows and glitter. And you're like, that doesn't exist. And, you know, as a recruiter, I'll ask them, do you have anyone in your network who can do this? They're like, no, I don't. I'm like, well, then there's your answer. So like, how are you going to effectively incorporate AI when the junk, when the input you're getting is going to be junk? Because the hiring manager themselves don't know what they want. Then you've wasted a whole host of time and resources. And whereas you could just have an experienced person come in and figure it out. Yeah, the the rush to AI replacing the recruiting process is a little hasty. And I think anyone in the process seeing it knows that it's not going to work. But unfortunately, public perception absolutely is. These are great tools that are going to come fix hiring for everybody. The amount of times on like LinkedIn or Twitter where you see someone who's like a chat GPT or AI genius saying it has sh- shifted the job search landscape forever. I'm like, it really has not. 
other than the fact all resumes look even more similar than they did before. Yeah, we will need, uh, we're going to be talking about AI forever and every company wants to know how you use it. And, and I always tell people, right, it's a great tool, but it's not a replacement for you. But unfortunately, people are so obsessed with trying to find a way to make it replace the human element instead of just working with it. And that's going to be its biggest problem right now. Yeah, they think what's funny to me is like you're you're hiring humans to work with other humans. Why do you think a robot is capable of doing that part of the process and can do the whole thing? Like it can't because humans no. are complicated. <laughs> that we are. Okay, well, before we wrap, I need to know from Dan or Farah, um, the classic thing that we need to know. This is the way that things need to end. Um, if we want this podcast to end well, there's only one way to end it. And that is to ask either of you if you have any hes- hesitations about this episode. Uh, I do not. No, this, this this seems like an episode ready to go hit the ground running from day one with little to no interaction. I personally have no hesitations about this episode other than the fact that I've exposed a couple of things about my own personal life that people may end up reverse engineering and I might end up getting some emails about. But that's OK. I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Well, you both said there's no hesitations, which means an offer is 100% coming because that is what TikTok career gurus have told us about this question. So before we go, Dan, where where can we find you? Dan from HR on most of the socials. Dan from HR.com may or may not be live by the time this episode goes out. We'll check. We'll check. Farah. And uh, yeah, you can also find me on most socials by my name, Farah Shargi, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and occasionally on LinkedIn. Amazing. And I, of course, am Realistic Recruiting on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, though I think I have three videos on my YouTube, so maybe just stick to those other ones. And don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Let us know what has worked for you and what is not. Follow us along on our website as well, corporatepizzaparty.com. And we will all see you soon. Bye. Bye.